0: Welcome to another episode of All Things Policy. The Taksashila Institution is an independent, non-partisan think tank and a school of public policy. We have education programs lasting one semester and one year that are tailored specifically to your needs. They're all online and you can take them from anywhere. Admissions are now open for our 12-week graduate program in public policy, defense and foreign affairs, technology and policy, and the program begins on 7th. May, and the last date to apply is 30th April. For more information, you can visit our website. So let's get into today's episode. Joining me is Shre, who works as a research analyst, here at Takshila. Thanks for being here, Shre.
1: Thanks for having me, Adli.
0: Okay, so today we are going to be talking about the Chinese foreign minister Wang Yi's visit to Nepal, which happened just recently over the weekend. And we're going to be covering two main questions related to his visit. The first one being, why did he visit Nepal? And what are the geopolitical implications of this visit for the key stakeholders, which are namely Nepal, China, US, and India. So let's get into it. Before we talk about his visit, I think it's important to look at why he visited Nepal right now. So last month, the, the House of Nepalese Parliament ratified the Millennium uh, Challenge Corporation. So the MCC is the foreign assistance wing of the United States that aims at supporting developing countries in their fight against poverty. By ratifying this compact, it, it paves the way for Nepal to receive grants amounting to 500 million from the American government. And this money, according to the Nepalese government, will help Nepal, you know, enable it to deliver critical services to its citizens and also strengthen the country's energy sector. So it clearly seems like, you know, it is extremely important for Nepal. But there have been several protests against this compact and One of the reasons is because the ratification of this compact would mean Nepal is getting pushed towards the US Asia Pacific strategy. So uh, Nepalese believe that, you know, upon entry into force, this compact will sort of prevail over the domestic laws of Nepal. So it will undermine Nepal's dignity and sovereignty. So, on one side, there's fear of you know, increasing US involvement in the internal affairs of Nepal. But on the other side, there are people who believe that it's also targeted against the Belt and Road initiative of China. So, which is why the Chinese foreign minister's visit to Nepal was crucial at this point, because it was also around this time that they have increasing anti-China sentiments. Because Again, a lot of people in Nepal believe that, you know, there's been increasing Chinese interference in domestic affairs in Nepal. So it's not just that Nepalese are doubtful of American intentions, but they are also worried about, you know, China's aggressive policy expansion in the region. So this also prompted, you know, China to respond. And this has manifested into a visit from, you know, Chinese foreign minister to Nepal. You, would you like to jump in on these protests of anti-China demonstrations?
1: Yeah. Uh, if you see the nature of protests, when MCC thing was going on, there were protests against MCC. And then uh, there were counter protests by the protesters raising this question of why China is so much invested in what we are doing in our internal politics and Chinese actions. I think uh, how they aligned with those who were protesting against MCC. They gave you know rise to this suspicion. It gave actually credence to the suspicion that it was China which was you know funding or backing these uh, anti-MCC or anti-US protests in Nepal. And we see uh, before Wang Yi's visit, a former ambassador of Nepal to, I think, Denmark, Vijay Karna, he rebuked China for, you know, interfering in Nepal's internal uh, matters. Usually such high profile, uh, these dignitaries, they don't speak in such language. But he said that the activities and role played by China in influencing the ratification of U.S. grants should be understood as an interference in Nepal's internal affairs. And this was one day before Wang Yi's visit. So the suspicions about China's role, growing interference in Nepal, they are, you know, they are increasing at the moment. And we can see this parallel in in the Indian neighborhood. We see this phenomena in Sri Lanka. There have been, you know, anti-China protest bias in Hali's Buddhist, Chinese domination, Chinese influence and, you know, their intervention in their internal politics what they should do. Then there have been, you know, a protest in Pakistan against CPEC. There was like a month-long blockade of Gwadar by the locals. So there are suspicions uh, regarding China's uh, role in Pakistan as well. So there is this, uh, you know, in the region as China's uh, influence is rising, it is also seeing the rise in anti-China sentiment. And this is also now evident in countries like Nepal, particularly after the change of government last year.
0: Right. So I think it makes it gives it. It really shows us why the visit right now was so important, right? So it's not just because of anti-China sentiments, but it's also the fear of U.S. increasing its sphere of influence in the region. So because of these growing tensions between Nepal and China, it, it seemed as though that you know this was the right time for you know China to to visit and try and settle things out. So. And even though there were no agreements um, that were reached for the Belt and Road Initiative, the two countries did sign nine other agreements and documents. So both sides focused on issues relating to investment, trade, and tourism. And so these agreements included you know, economic and technical cooperation. And uh, a technical assistance scheme for a China-aided feasibility study of a cross-border project in Nepal. And China also offered to provide COVID support and any other medical assistance that Nepal required. So on one side, there were China was willing to offer Nepal economic assistance. But on the other side, China was also trying to ensure that the sovereignty of Nepal would be maintained. And they insisted that, you know, they will uphold the principle of non-interference in internal matters and will also try to minimize the geopolitical gains in that region. So China is really trying to emphasize that, you know, they are the ones who are going to ensure that Nepal's sovereignty will be upheld and there will not be external interference. And while they didn't directly mention the MCC, I think it's, it's a little clear that, you know, this was in response to the ratification of MCC, right? So, which is why we will talk about, you know, the implications of this visit in a bit. But right now, China is just trying to work with Nepal to resist unilateralism and any like power politics and wants to... Contribute to regional peace and
1: stability. Like That's what their message was. Yeah, Aarti, uh, one thing is that the agreements that were signed this time, they were, you know, they were likely the continuation of what started during President Xi's visit in 2019. So there was not uh, anything new in that. They were just like a uh, follow-up uh, of what uh, was agreed in that visit. And that was a landmark visit by the Chinese president to Nepal in 2019 and what I see the gulf between two sides is that, you know, you mentioned BRI and Chinese side did focus upon BRI uh, a bit, why it was also, you know, important for Nepal, but it was part of the the statement that came out on MFA's website. But if you see Nepal's uh, version of the statement that Nepal put out, it did not mention uh, BRI at all. So this is, you know, another indication of the issues associated with a BRI of predatory financing or what is called debt trap diplomacy. They are taking hold maybe due to the increased debate about BRI or the growing nature of, you know, how information travels, what happened in Sri Lanka, what what is, you know, happening in Pakistan. So that is there. And this time, Nepalese newspaper, they they reported that Prime Minister Tehuba, he specifically asked Wang that we, you know, we don't need loans, you should give us grants. And this is one of the sticking points that, you know, China offers loans and not grants like other countries, they do to these smaller countries. So that is a a one on that.
0: Yeah, that's a very interesting point that you bring up. And after the break, let's discuss, you know, the implications of this whole visit and this interaction for each of the stakeholders that are involved. We'll be right back. Welcome back. So before the break, you know, we spoke about why the Chinese foreign minister was in Nepal. And we spoke about, you know, a little bit of the MCC and all the interactions that have happened so far. But Let's look at why this is important or rather what are the implications of this. So firstly, let's look at Nepal, right? So for Nepal, the first and foremost priority is to maintain national sovereignty, but also to strive for economic development. But this becomes a very tricky situation for Nepal because they have to try and maintain good relations with both of its with neighboring giant countries, right, but also with the U.S. And it seems like right now Nepal is the one that's holding all of the cards because, on one hand, you have the MCC, which will likely boost Nepal's economy, but on the other hand, you have the BRI and these agreements I would just sign with China. But both of these have their own consequences attached to them, not just for Nepal domestically, but also its relations with, you know, each of these countries and also with India. Shri, would you like to add any other implications um, this might have for Nepal?
1: No, you're going on. Yeah, this is what is the situation for Nepal. As I already talked about the BRI and those agreements, yeah, uh, sense.
0: Right. And then if we look at China, it may seem that it's kind of a win-lose situation because for China, they there was no agreement or no progress for the BRI. So for China, this may not seem like the most ideal situation, but they're, they're trying, you know, to ensure that Nepal does not progress with the MCC because obviously they're afraid of um, America's involvement or influence in the region, right? So it, for China, it is, it may not be the most ideal situation. So I think we'll just have to wait and see, to see how this, all these agreements pan out, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: completely. Yeah. And then there's the U S right. So, Obviously, for U.S., it seemed like things were going in the right direction once the ratification happened. But it brings us to the question, you know, is the U.S. losing its status as a great power, right? Because um, on a side note, if you look at, you know, with regards to the Russia-Ukraine crisis, it seems like the U.S. has lost its endorsement from India because, both India and China uh, abstained from voting. So you can see that, you know, and obviously both these countries were acting out of what works in their best interest, right? So India made an informed decision on, you know, what works in its best interest. But this is not an ideal stance if you look at it from the perspective of the US. So, but Nepal did side with the US and its allies and did condemn Russia's actions. So, On one side, the U.S. seems to be losing its, you know, its power and its status. So it's extremely important for the U.S. that this compact goes forward, right? Because otherwise you have China trying to push not just the BRI, but all of these other agreements. So for the U.S., it is now that this visit has happened, I think, you know, now we have to see how the U.S. is going to respond you
1: know, to this whole um, situation. Yeah, totally. And I agree with you, uh, except on a point that, you know, when we talk of Indo-Pacific and in that context, the U.S. alone, uh, we should not see U.S., what U.S. is doing alone. It has to be seen in the context of, you know, the Indo-Pacific convergence between India and U.S. And what I see is that U.S. and India joining forces in areas where the U.S. can help advance Indian interest in the Indo-Pacific, especially in its neighborhood. And this has happened in Bangladesh as well. And now I think this is also happening in Nepal because as you pointed out that Nepal took a contrary position to India with regards to the Ukraine crisis. And yet there was, you know, Nothing that came out of uh, New Delhi. So India accepts that Nepal's position, and India's own position is different. Uh, we have our own thing with Russia, so we can't we we cannot take uh, U.S. side on that front. But as far as the Indo-Pacific thing is concerned, I see India as U.S. you know joining forces because when we conceptualize Indo-Pacific. As a strategic region, and when India and USA say that they are, you know, strategic partners in the the Pacific, and then there is Quad and Quads convergence in the region. For example, Australia coming in in Bangladesh, Japan coming in Bangladesh uh, to support India's projects. For example, there was a deep sea port that China was building. Then the pressure. There was a combined pressure from India and US and that led to the cancellation of that deep-sea port project and that project went to Japan. And similarly, Australia investing in, uh, Australia has recently announced that it is investing in Bangladesh's energy sector, which goes hand in hand with what India is planning, you know, to make that region, that part of the Indo-Pacific or that part of the subcontinent an energy hub. So, So that sort of convergence is going on. And uh, I see, uh, I would like to believe that uh, this sort of convergence will also exist between India, India and U.S. in Nepal. And after the Wangi's visit, uh, Nepal announced uh, that its prime minister will be traveling to India. And from um, on April 1st to April 3, this two-day visit, and this is Deoba's first official visit uh, since he assumed office as prime minister. So for India, this visit after The visit of Prime Minister after the visit of, you know, Wangis, it is a positive development. And during the visit next week, we will likely see the inauguration of Kurtha-Jainagar cross-border railway, which is between Indian state of Bihar and Nepal. It is stuck for quite some time now. Indian Railway had finished the trials in July 2021 and there was a lack of law in Nepal. So some days back. Uh, Nepal again, uh, you know, issued an ordinance for the railways operation. So that sort of convergence as far as India-Nepal relations is concerned is going on. And then there is Pancheshwar multi-purpose project, which is stuck. So progress on its detailed project report is also uh, going to happen. But I think the primary focus of this visit, there was this visit will be on the, the political relationship. As we know, between the two countries, they hit a historic low after Nepal published you know, new political map Placing Kalapani, Lipu Lake and Limpia Dura Within its borders So uh, this is first visit after the controversy And that is an important controversy Which th- this has become an important controversy Now how to handle that boundary problem With which will in all likelihood Become an important issue point Between India and Nepal So that will also be discussed And this issue was, you know Issue always existed. It was the political map was published by KP Oli, who was seen to be, you know, closer to China. And even recently, Wangi's visit, he met both Communist Party leaders Prachanda and KP Oli. In fact, KP Oli's pictures were also there, were also there on MFA's its website. So the close contacts that were developed between Oli and Chinese leaders and In the aftermath of that, this new political map and this controversy, which is now becoming a, which will become a political problem between the two countries because the nationalists on two sides, they will, you know, their uh, own that territory as its own. So it will be one of the important issues and how India and Nepal can continue to move their relationship forward keeping in mind the interest of both of the countries and other people who are uh, already settled there, that will also, you know, impact, I think the most important impact on India-Nepal relation.
0: Yeah, thanks for, you know, summing up all of that so well, you know, and there's definitely so much that we have to see, you know, how things turn out, you know, now that we've had this interaction with, between Nepal and China, I think, you know, in the next thing to look forward to as you said is to see you know what kind of progress India and Nepal make and then you know with the US and Nepal so there's so much to unpack as is the case with any geopolitical or international relations discussion so right Do you have any final thoughts that you would like to add
1: I think it's a, a developing situation I think we will have more clarity After, you know, Deobar's visit to New Delhi and uh, we'll be in a position of how these two visits, what is the pluses and minuses after Deobar's visit uh, will be in a better position to assess them.
0: Absolutely. I, I completely agree. And yeah, on that note, I would like to thank you, Sri, for joining me today. And thank you all for listening. Yeah, thank you.
1: If you liked our show,